the 5G conundrum. Now, I'm not actually going to talk about uh, 5G access on phones or anything like that, except to say this one thing. Uh, If you don't know by now that it's a very high-level radiation that will hurt us, um, you should know that. And I'll just throw that out there and let you know that we should be resisting anything that has to do with 5G for our own health. Anyway, there is a different 5G conundrum in the church that I want to address today. And basically, there is four Gs that seem to be missing from the body of Christ as a whole. And it leads to, if those four are in place, they lead to the fifth G, which would be awesome to experience as a believer in Christ. So what are they? I'm going to quickly go over. Uh, Gratefulness. We just had Thanksgiving. Gratefulness is a huge issue in the body of Christ. Most that I'm aware of have an attitude of entitlement, sometimes worse than even the people of the world, the non-believers. And gratefulness is the antidote to entitlement. We need that. I'm going to prove it in scripture here in a minute. The second one is gratitude. Now, you might think that's the same as gratefulness. It's actually different. I'm going to explain that, okay? The third G we're missing is genuineness. Now, again, not across the board, but so many people. I'm going to give an example what that is. Because so many people aren't even aware anymore because we're so used to being facadical with each other. That's not good. And now the final one, and and these other three even really have to be in place to ever even dream of this one. Generosity. It is not the same as giving, okay? Generosity. We're going to unpack all those things. Now, what do those four Gs, if they're in place, lead to? The one thing that Christ needs, wants from us, and, and, and exists for, and that is his glory, okay? I will show you how these things lead to that. All right, so in Psalm 50, we're going to go right to uh, gratefulness and why this is so important to God. He says, do I eat the meat of bulls? Do I drink the blood of goats? I mean, he was just previously saying, like, your sacrifices are making me ill. I don't actually need all those animals just because they're already mine. Okay? So so he's, so he's God is actually saying, do I need any of this from you, these rituals that you do? No. They're disgusting to me right now. And And the reason he's saying that is because... What's behind it is that they are not genuine. So that's interesting. But this is what he says in Psalm 50, verse 13. Do I eat the meat of bulls? Do I drink the blood of goats? He's he's saying, do I need that? No. Verse 14. Instead, make thankfulness, gratefulness, depending on your translation, your sacrifice to God. And keep the vows you made to the Most High. Then call on me when you are in trouble, and I will rescue you, and you will give me 
glory. So I don't make this stuff up, right? Gratefulness from us leads to his glory. That's what we're supposed to be doing is reflecting his glory or being um, avenues that his glory can be shown through. Okay, how, how awesome of a purpose is that? That's what I want to do. So gratefulness, uh, gratefulness is, is, is hard to do when you have never experienced anything real rough. Uh, on the other hand, it is actually pretty easy to do when you know what it's like to go without. Okay, now gratitude I'm not going to say much more on gratefulness because in Psalm 50 verses 13 through uh, 15, if you want to look at it again yourself, just to, to get the scope of how important gratefulness is to God, um, he actually says it twice. He says it again in, in verse 23, but giving thanks is the sacrifice that truly honors me. <sighs> If you keep to my path, I will reveal to you the salvation of God. So again, he said, repent all of you who forget me or I will tear you apart and no one will help you. But, but, so every time God is being scary, he's got this like way to go back to him by saying, giving thanks is the sacrifice that I truly honor, that truly honors me. So there it is in the scripture. All right. So what is gratitude? How is that different? Gratitude is exactly how it sounds. It's gratefulness in your attitude. So gratitude is actually the attitude of understanding your need for God and and the blessings that he gives. So an attitude of gratitude, we've heard that before, but literally it's hard to think about every single day as we're going about life, an attitude of like, thank you, Lord, that I have a warm bed to sleep in at night. Thank you, Lord, for all kinds of stuff. Okay. Everywhere. Every time you get a hot shower, it's more than someone in, in another country gets. Promise you. Some, some people in this country, um, an attitude of gratitude. So gratefulness is, is I'm sorry, gratitude is gratefulness in your attitude. Gratefulness is the actual, like, the act of that attitude of gratitude that's already in you. So gratefulness actually shows, it's a sacrifice to show gratefulness. You can show it by giving to others. You can show it by verbally thanking God. You can that is gratefulness. That's being, living, grateful. It shows gratefulness to give. That's my point. It shows gratefulness to give. Because if you have gratitude, then that's in your attitude to be grateful. And it shows it when you give in a sacrificial way. All right. Genuineness. Being genuine is extremely hard. Most people are not that way. And because we all like to follow the crowd and do what everybody else is doing, it is very difficult to be genuine, truly genuine person. Um, 
All right, so good example. I know someone who is really genuine. And he came around recently and he said, you know, I'm, I was just really moved by this thing that I heard. And I'm so, I'm so glad to have heard it. It it was so inspiring to me because I have not been in a good place with God lately and I, I want to come back. And so I'm so glad I heard that. Okay. That is a genuine statement. He's currently struggling but his act of gratitude is is verbally showing his gratefulness for the thing that helped him see that helped him realize that he was in a place that he did not want to be and he wanted to get back to a good place with God okay now that's a genuine issue that's something we all deal with at different times but most of us don't admit it okay Normally, if somebody comes to us saying something like that, like, boy, I just haven't been in a good place with God lately. I need, I need you guys. I need the word. I need more time with him. I need, you know, anything like that. This is our response. Oh, well, I've been there too. I've been there too. You know, it's really important to get your prayer time in. You know, oh, wow. Let's pray for you. Have you considered a prayer line? That is pretending that you don't got the same issue probably that day. And the sad thing is a lot of us don't even realize that we do have that issue. We just want, oh, somebody needs something. I can feel valuable if I run in there real quick and act like it doesn't happen to me. No, the body of Christ needs each other to admit when we are having human moments. Okay. So our response to someone who's being genuine should not be like, mm, get it together, bro. Mm-mm. Our response should be, I feel you. I feel you. And thank you for sharing that because that actually inspires me then to also be genuine and lay it all out there. That's what the body of Christ is for. We need each other, guys. This walk is not easy. Anybody that pretends otherwise needs to read Matthew 23 and check yourself. All right? Check yourself. Hopefully that example helped the difference between a genuine person and someone who's who's pretending like, oh, they've been delivered from everything. Nope. That's not the way this journey works, okay? All right, so generosity. Oh, Lord, help me. Let me tell you something about generosity in the church. Put in your pennies in the bucket. Put in your hundreds in the bucket. Has absolutely nothing to do with whether or not you have a heart of generosity and you're a generous person. The amount of people that give themselves pats on the back for doing exactly what the Pharisees did that Jesus ripped them apart for I've been tithing for 10 years. I've been tithing for 40 years. I've been, uh uh-huh. And what's your tip like when you're at the, at the restaurant? Huh? How do you, how do you treat that server? Hmm? You treat her like a server? 
Like she owes you and she better have your stuff on time and it better be hot. And if it's messed up, you're going to complain. And then you're going to leave her a 75 cent tip and say, that's because you messed it up. Okay. Maybe I have a little baggage going into this. Okay. I have been a server and I can tell you from experience, personal experience, that the worst day to serve anybody at any restaurant at any time is Sunday afternoon when the church folk come. You think I'm kidding? People have quit over not being able to get Sundays off. People will call in more on Sundays than any other time. Nobody wants to deal with the entitlement attitude, with the superior attitude, with the stingy attitude that church folk bring into a place, okay? I, I, I'm not saying everybody in the church does that. There, I have had speckled throughout. I have had beautiful people with beautiful hearts that will blow your mind with what they'll give. But if you think you're generous, then let me ask you this. Do you only give to people who deserve it? Hmm? Generosity goes way beyond what someone deserves. Now, I'm not saying that you should go and give to someone that you know it's not actually helping them. It's keeping them in, in a state of, of perpetually mooching, uh, okay, off somebody. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about if you in your own mind have determined whether or not that person is worth your little dime you're going to throw at them, you are not a generous person. You are stingy and you are like the Pharisees who's patting yourselves on the back because you've, been, you've got a tithing record for God knows how many years or whatever it is. And you can't look at someone in need and be like, I want to give to them. Instead, you look at someone in need and be like, oh, they're probably irresponsible. I mean, you know, people, people have to sleep in the beds they made for themselves. You know what I mean? Come on, guys. Following Christ is a challenge. It is a challenge to give freely the way that God asks us to give, the way that he gave to us. Live. He gave freely. That's a generous heart. Hmm. Guys, we know these things. We know them in our heads. <laughs> we know them in our heads. We know what the right thing is to do. But something gets inside of us and we think, I'm better than that. I don't have to do that. I've done the right thing according to what? Man-made rules? Pharmaceutical rules? According to what? Jesus gave freely. Not asking questions. If the Holy Spirit moves on you to give to someone, but you sit there and justify it because after all, you've already tithed for the day, for the week, for the year. As a matter of fact, you've already given your offerings to your special people who have shown themselves deservant of your offerings. I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about meals. I'm talking about time. An attitude of generosity can only come from if you are already grateful for what God has allowed you to have. It's very humbling 
to be truly grateful. And it's humbling to receive well. And it's good to be genuine and to have true generosity of the gifts we've received freely given out to anyone God puts in our path that might need it and not think more lowly of them. Because in any second that God wants to pull a blessing from you, he can. And you could be at that person that you're looking down on's level or worse very quickly. You want them to treat you the same? So if we have all these things in place, if we, if we, if we focus on gratitude, gratefulness, being genuine with each other, and the generosity that God asks us to have, then what happens in the church? All of a sudden, God's got all kinds of glory. We start seeing revival. Everybody's talking about, oh, we're waiting for revival. We're looking for revival. Has anyone ever humbled themselves enough to be genuine first? Good luck with the revival. I don't need no emotions tickled at another meeting. All right? I want people who really want to dig deep, who want to know our master. You know, the, the sheep know their shepherd's voice. Do we know his voice? Or are we too busy patting ourselves on the back for what we do? Right. I'm starting to feel like I'm a little bit of a broken record here trying to hound these things. But guys, this is stuff we all know. We've heard it before. But maybe we haven't heard it quite in the, in the way that, that, that we need to. Because if we hear some more rules that we can go, oh, I, I think I can handle that and pat ourselves on the back for it. Come on. Nope. The rituals and the things that these people did was repulsive to God because their lack of genuineness, even in their praises to him, they weren't even genuine. Their prayers, they weren't genuine. They, it, you know what makes it genuine? Humble. A humble heart. A recognition of your need for God. You literally cannot do anything without him. And with him, though, with faith like a child, you can do anything with him. Nothing without him anything with him. This is the conundrum that is hard to wrap your heads around as Christ followers, but we've got to get there. We've got to dive deeper. We've got to get there. We have to not settle for not having the uh, G's in the Christianity that are necessary. Gratefulness, gratitude, genuineness, generosity, bringing him glory. Let's get on it, guys. Thanks for listening.